Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck. I am a writer for The Athletic. I'm along with my colleague Jordan Bianchi. And we're here to talk about the Kansas NASCAR race, which we have both just watched from afar, but were entertained by doing so. Well, at least I I mean, I probably shouldn't speak for you, Jordan. I, I was entertained by watching. <laughs> that was a great race. Afar. That was yeah. fun. Had a little bit of fun. everything. Good racing, hard racing, a little bit of strategy with the tires. And I, I like that unknown element of, you know, what's going to happen next year. You get that 25 lap mark and you're like okay you know where's the tire wear on this it was that was how do you get a better kansas race than that i don't think you really can i mean kansas has been pretty underrated it feels like um you know i I would say obviously i'll stick with homestead as the best mile and a half track um but you know you'd have to put kansas in number two i think we've we've said nice things about Kansas before, but it, you know, as it consistently seems to put on pretty good racing and you didn't know how it was going to work with this car, obviously, but, um, it seemed like, you know, obviously the, the tire issues they had in practice was interesting and things like that. And you're like, is that going to carry over to the race? And, uh, it seemed to on, on some levels, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, so far the intermediates with this car, this new car, <laughs> they've all been pretty good, you know, Fontana, Las Vegas, um, you know, Atlanta's not really in that category anymore. And, um, you know, Kansas, another good one. And there's two more intermediates coming up. We'll get to that in a little bit. You know, I don't know if Texas yeah. can still produce, uh, I feel like I don't want to go like too far ahead of ourselves, but I feel like, like Texas is like the litmus test almost. Like if you yeah. could, if, if the new if the car can make Texas a good racetrack, it's like, <laughs> it deserves all the praise in the world. If if the new car turns uh, Texas into a good track, then get Chicago Land and Kentucky back on the phone. Open up the gates. <laughs> I mean, yeah. resurrect them from the dead. Uh, it's no more. It's no longer more short tracks. It's more mile and a half. More Absolutely. intermediates. <laughs> Who would have thought? You know. Yeah, get that take the yank that for sale sign out outside of the front of Chicagoland Speedway and uh, move all the rental cars out out of uh, Kentucky Speedway and we're going back there, baby. Turn Atlanta back into its old configuration. <laughs> Another race at Michigan again, probably. Yeah, don't let Fontana turn into the short track. No, nope. yep. oh yeah, well I think that's I think that we're already down that road. So yeah so uh quite quite a lot's happening here but uh, let's talk about this race and why we we were entertained by it um first of all i mean to me uh it, it had a lot of the elements that you look for in terms of what makes a good nascar race in general so um as you mentioned off the top i mean the unpredictability um it didn't seem like cars were getting stuck I mean, it wasn't too long ago that Kansas race playoff race from a couple years ago where Logano <laughs> just blocked Harvick's air the entire last run, couldn't do anything about it. Well, that wasn't the case today. I mean, you had Kyle Busch controlling the final restart. Actually, I thought, I thought, well, that's a win right there. That's a win for Kyle Busch. You just gave him uh, clean air, control the restart. And, you know, Kyle Larson, a little bit damaged car. Now he's ahead of Kurt. And no, I mean, that wasn't the case at all. Larson beats him on the restart. Then Kurt passes Kyle. Kurt ends up passing, well, both Kyles. Um, and, you know, that was, I don't think that was unusual for the whole day. I mean, it, it, it seemed like it wasn't just like somebody runs away with it. It was fairly competitive, close racing. Obviously, there was enough incidents to keep it close, right? Because you had various spins and tire issues and a, things like that. There was a full field round of green flag pit stops today. Because just as you were getting into that window, 
that's when the tire you'd have a tire issue or something would happen and then the harvick spin interrupted yeah. the green flag stops yeah, at one so point you right? didn't get that but it, but you're right though i mean you look at it you had guys you, you know covers and goers we hear that expression that's what this was is you guys you know kurt bush would get out ahead kyle larson would run him down kyle larson would get out ahead and he would get ran down and even at the end there it looked like kyle larson was going to get away a little bit and kurt was able to run him down on a mile and a half racetrack and then they were able to race side by side multiple times today and not just those guys either, other people throughout the field. So this was a this was a good race. This is what you want to see. This is what this car was advertised to do. And and again, it, it's come through. Well, and and that moment where, you know, Kurt Bush and Kyle Larson are racing side by side for probably three laps straight for the lead. Um, great battle, very professional. And um, you know, I, I have to say, and and it's just been bothering me more and more as the week's gone on, I guess. Um, you know, last week we touched on on the Logano thing. Right. And I, I said that, uh, you know, I was disappointed in, in how that turned out and it bothered me all week. And it bothered me even more when, you know, Logano doubled down on it essentially, um, in the, in the video that Bob Pockers posted, uh, you know, basically, you know, nobody, you, you know, just no regrets. And if he come, if he tries to get me back, you know, saying that he and Byron were equal and if he tries to get, you know, him back, he's going to come back even harder. You know, I'm just like, give me a break here. Like, what we saw with the Byron Logano thing in my incident to start, to, in my opinion, to start that was hard racing, the kind of hard racing that we saw between Kurt Busch and Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson wasn't mad about, you know, getting, you know, he didn't get run into the wall, but they were battling and he ended up hitting the wall, right? I guess you could say in Kurt, but in Logano's case, uh, you know, Byron made contact, but it still wasn't egregious, terrible contact. They were racing. And then, you know, Logano way overreacted. Well, you know, and, it, and it's been a pattern. Like we've talked about, you know, guys using the bumper, using contact. When they get a shot at, at somebody for the win, they seem to just be like, well, it's it's open season. Whatever we have to do to get in the playoffs, I did what I had to do, and I, I made contact. Kurt Busch, the veteran Kurt Busch, as maybe as desperate as he was to get a win today, made a clean pass, hard battle, didn't do anything cheap, and he, he did it the right way. And I had a huge appreciation for that because... Like I said, like this, this pattern lately in NASCAR has just been bugging me. And I was glad to see a good old fashioned race and, uh, conducted in a professional manner. And I really enjoyed that. I think there are myriad ways to win races in NASCAR. Joey Logano has a, his style, which is very successful. I enjoyed his comments that he made yesterday. I thought it was great. I think you need more of that. I think you need more drivers being willing to stand up and say, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, tough cookies. And you want guys to be aggressive. I think that's what sells. But I also appreciate the fact that you have guys like Kurt who used his smarts and his know-how to, to win the race today. And it's a nice balance. You don't want every race to be like last week's race. But I also don't want every race to be like it was today. You you want why? You want, why? Why? Because I liked I liked the drama of last week. I always tell you that I'm team chaos, right? Like to me that at last week that that's good. People are talking about that. That's good. I don't want that every single week because then we're, you know that's just too much. It's too far down that line. But it's okay to have those moments. Those are great moments to have. On Why occasion, you just want great racing. Wouldn't you just want to tune into a race and see two extremely talented people going all out using every tool they have? You know, manipulating Joey the air. Used every tool in his the... toolbox last week. He no, used he did front bumper. He, he, no, he, he didn't. Front Joey Logano bumper. is an extremely talented race car driver. He did not. He didn't pull out any of his tools in the in uh, his he, book he except to pull out the bumper. <laughs> it, was, it was a bulldozer. Yeah, <laughs> it was a plow. He pulled out a tool. I'm okay with that though because that's the foundation of NASCAR. That that's okay. And also part of NASCAR is good racing, like you saw. And that's the dichotomy of like, you're going to have the Dale Earnhardt's of the world, and then you're going to have the, the Bill Elliott's of the world. And Bill Elliott was a much different finesse driver. It was a, was a much more calmer, more of a finesse driver than Dale Earnhardt. But that's okay, and that's the beauty of it. I, I like to see that. Well, listen, I mean, I, I just think um, there's, a, there's a right way to do things. Uh, that, and, and you can just appreciate it a lot more when you see it done that way. Sure, okay. It's obviously fair game. In NASCAR, it's not against the rules to, you know, go full contact, whatever. Um, and that just seems to be, you know, you just let it go. Self-policing sport, like I said. But just the the contrast between these two races, um, one, ba you know, back-to-back, -back, both on sure. intermediate-type tracks, 
uh, again, I'm just saying I appreciate the way this was done today, and it restored a little faith I had, a, a little bit of the faith um, in NASCAR racing in general right now, because like I said, it, it it just been going down a road where it just is like, it, man, it's like every race for the win going to be decided by just somebody bumping somebody out of the way. And uh, maybe this sends a message, you know, you can still do it. I mean, I was listening to Door Bumper Clear last week, and, and Tommy Baldwin was making such a great point about how all the young karting kids and all the kids are, are watching how these guys act and how these guys race. And you're, oh, you rolled your eyes at this? You don't like the, the kids' That's example? okay. Go ahead. No, I mean, people are watching this, and people are watching how these guys conduct themselves. And, you know, they're going to think, okay, well, this is okay. The, you know, this driver did it, uh, so, you know, I can do it too. You, you don't buy that? It's fine. It's, it's, there are different ways to win races. And, and again, like it, it's all, it, it just gets like this high and mighty attitude of, Oh, there's all, you can only win a race. This, this real nice professional way. It's like, sorry, that, that's not NASCAR. Like NASCAR, you can win that way, but there's also this other way you can win as well. And it's very successful to do it that way as well. It's like, there are multiple approaches. It's like, it's not just has to be this way. It's like, I, I just, I feel like it gets a little highbrow, a, a little. You know. Okay, look, I, I'm, I'm, I understand what NASCAR racing is. Uh, I'm fine with bump and runs and things like that. Uh, you know, Kurt Busch, for one, was involved in a very famous door banging finish, obviously at Darlington, and that is widely celebrated. And that was a fantastic finish, but that wasn't cheap or dirty or anything like that. Um, and you know, the door was open for contact, and they were both just going for it. So. You know, I, I get that. I'm not saying every race has to be a clean finish. I'm just saying let's enjoy and celebrate um, when a good one happens like this. And, uh, you know, I, again, I had sort of a bad taste in my mouth uh, from from last week and from several of the other incidents this season that you're just like, I don't know about that, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so Kurt Busch, uh, you know, listen, when, when he got signed by 2311 Racing – you're like, he's probably going to win a race for them. Um, yeah. you know, he's, he seems to win one race a year, often at like an intermediate track. And, yeah. uh, I'm not saying he won't win the rest of the year, but you know, it didn't, it didn't shock me, I guess, to see him win a race this year, but it's, it's significant because first of all, 2311 really, really needed this. Badly. Um, I mean, the way things were going, uh, you know, Bubba Wallace also, by the way, could have had an easy top five today if his pit crew hadn't continually, like just screwed him over and over again. Like they seem to have done all year, which tear. I mean, I, you, you have to feel for him at this point, certainly not his fault to uh, rack up these results. And by the way, he still came back and finished 10th, but, yep. um, but yeah, 2311 needed this. I mean, you could see the emotion uh, on, on Denny Hamlin's face, uh, maybe a little bit uh, of relief, a little bit of reward. Um, it, it seems to be tough to build a team. You know, Denny Hamlin talking about in the press conference, somebody asked him about, you know, track house's success. And, and Hamlin said, you know, on one hand, I'm jealous of, of track house, but on the other hand, you know, they basically started with 150 employees that was like, you know, turnkey. And he said, maybe I should have bought a team that was like ready to go essentially. And, and we've had to sort of build step-by-step step, and it's going to be a five-year plan because of that. But so I imagine that when you win those races after the really hard times and the struggles, uh, it just feels that much better. I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, Hamlin was talking about his emotionals, any win he's had in his career, including for his own, you know, Daytona 500s and all that stuff. So, I mean, 2311, this was big for them. Big for a lot of reasons. They came into this year, high expectations. We're going to put both drivers in the playoffs. That's the goal. And really after Daytona, it has been more bad than good. Bubba, this is Bubba's first top 10 finish since the Daytona 500. They have lost numerous. They've had numerous runs this year where they should have finished far better than they have and they can't close it out kurt's been up and down you know first year inconsistencies with a new team no one is surprised that he won i think we all expected it was going to happen at some point but for denny's case the spotlight is immense on him like i mean if this fails it's not going to be michael jordan failed it's not going to be kurt bush failed it's going to be denny hamlin failed because this is his baby he's involved in it he's running it day to day and the pressure on him is it's significant and you have to go out there and do it. And you don't have a lot of excuses. You've got how many, you know, you've got a, a wealth of sponsors. You, you're with a manufacturer who is putting their full arsenal behind you. You're aligned with a top team in Joe Gibbs Racing. It's like you you don't have a lot of excuses to not to do well. 
and even the you know the comparison to 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 track house is you know it's like i understand this is a startup team but like they they started in a pretty good spot this isn't like it wasn't a mom and pop operation like you know they 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 were they were in a pretty good spot to come with and it it's it's been a tough go even last year was was really really tough and you get a guy like kurt and i and i wrote about this extensively what he brings to this organization is he he gets results he brings the leadership he's a locker room presence that's why i keep saying about kurt locker room presence and he's somebody who you're not going to question his effort and if you don't go out there and figure out a way to win a race with Kurt Busch as your driver, that's on you. That's on you and your team. And they knew that. Well, I mean, it, it, it seems like, um, you know, this is a sign they can get things pointing the right direction. And, um, as we mentioned, I mean, Bubba's running better recently for sure, even yeah. if they don't have the results to show for it. But the problem now is Jordan, and I'm not even going to say there could be 16 different winners. Cause I know I, you hate that. I was going to ask you about this. But there's 11 different winners now. Yep. There's 13 races left in the regular yep. season. Get this. The cutoff line is all the way up to 12th, below 12th in points. So Eric Almarola right now is 12th in points. He's the last person in. Austin Dillon is 13th in the point standings and already not in the playoffs at this moment. Um, 17th in the playoff standings, but 13th in the actual point standings because of all the various winners behind him. I mean, you've had... Denny Hamlin is 20th in points. He's won a race. Kurt Busch, 18th. Austin Sindrick, 16th. So the line has been moved up, right? And uh, it gets very interesting very quickly when you think about the people who haven't won yet um, to fill these spots. Uh, I, I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, you know, we, we keep talking about Reddick. He's not in the playoff picture right now. Is he going to win? You know, obviously this was another day for Reddick where it seemed like he had speed and then mistakes and, you know, hits the wall. Like, like the early Kyle, Kyle Larson, as yeah. you said on, on our Slack chat. Um, but you know, what's going to happen here? Like, I mean, there's a lot of wild card type races left. I don't know this. Maybe, maybe this could be, <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I will concede. I, I, I had the moment today when, when it looked like Kurt was going to win and his, his point standing, everything. I was like, okay. And I started looking at the numbers a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, but here's what it comes down to is though, is I look at the guys who are kind of outside that, who are outside the cutoff. And it's like, how many of those guys do I think could win races? And it's like, yeah, I think Austin Dillon could, I think Tyler Reddick could Suarez has got the speed but they don't have the execution they don't have the luck like i don't know i i also i am convinced that you're going to see guys like larson kyle bush danny hamlin you're going to start seeing these guys just roll off wins and it's just going to start to turn a little bit but like you said jeff you make a good point you got a daytona out there you got an atlanta out there which we have to remember now plus you got the road courses like it's you start to look at this going Okay, there might be a pathway. There might be. We'll see. I still think it's going to be like 14 guys with wins and two wild card, you know, two point wild cards, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I honestly I think you're you're probably right in the sense that when you look at the people who haven't won yet, even the the ones that are in the playoffs that we've said, "Oh, this guy's going to win." Um, I mean, Blaney, Truex, maybe Bell, Harvick doesn't feel like he's on the cusp of all. winning. Um, Almarola doesn't really feel like that. I, I, again, I could see a Reddick, Eric Jones, you know, when they, if they put everything together and they can get their tire off, um, you know, maybe have they gotten the tire off yet or still working on that? (laughs) Gosh, that seemed like an ordeal. Um, at least that gave us something to watch in the caution where NASCAR couldn't figure out the scoring for 17 minutes. Yeah. That caution was, you can't have that. Yeah. But, um, you know, like you said, Suarez, maybe he puts it all together. Don't forget. Keselowski in the regular season finale at Daytona. Maybe yeah, he Atlanta jumps too. up there and Atlanta. Sure. So, I mean, at Ricky Stenhouse jr. Has now had three straight top tens after being like yeah. way down in points for a while. Yeah, he was 31st at one point. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's guys out there who could get it done. We just, I, I don't know. I, it, it, it does seem like a stretch though. When, even when you say all that to, to get to 16. So like I was trying to say, I think, I think you might get to 15, 14, um, at least in the regular season, you're, you're right in that, you know, the Hendrick drivers, uh, and Chastain and people like that will, will continue to win. Kyle Busch will win. Um, and so once you get those guys winning multiple times again, um, this storyline will probably quickly go away, but at least it's 
for halfway through the regular season, <laughs> it is definitely a possibility. Let's just say that. Yeah, but. We'll see. We'll see. It's uh, I'm not ready to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the door is open. It feels like, but I think at the end of the day, is like you looking at this. It seems like the Toyota guys have now kind of found something a little bit. They're running really well. The Hendrick cars are still they're they're still up there. Chastain is still running really well. Like these guys are gonna, and I'm still waiting for Ryan Blaney to punch his way through too. And we'll see. But I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, the door's open. Yeah, it's at least it's at least possible now. Um, so another thing I want to talk about was there were so many mistakes today. It just seemed like all for for all manner of reasons, whether it was on pit road or. You know, I, I just, um, for, it, it was almost like one of those races that you would see maybe like, um, uh, at Vegas early in the season or yeah. something when everybody's, you know, just trying to get things going, um, yeah, shake off that rust. Yeah, exactly. Um, for this point in the regular season to have this many sort of things happening, what, what do you think is, is behind all that? I don't know. It's a good question. I, it feels like it's in people's heads a little bit now on pit road of, we have to be perfect. We've got to make sure everything is you know locked on. And it's just people are having a really hard time getting into rhythm and drivers are feeling like, Hey, I've got to be perfect on pit road. I've got to, I've got to gain everything I can. We saw that today with Kyle Busch. He got dinged for penalty. It's just, it's, it's just like this whole new choreography thing. There's just like so many different things that are just changing and they're having it to adapt to it. And that's my interpretation of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, um, yeah, I, I think what Denny Hamlin said after the race kind of applies too, and it, it goes along the lines of what you were just talking about where that, that we have to get this perfect. We have to get this exactly right. Denny Hamlin was talking about, you know, at Dover when he was having a good day, you know, he said he, he just wants his team to like run the ball for a few yards at a time rather than go for a hail Mary at some yep. points. Like, Instead of saying, look, we've got to get an eight and a half second pit stop right here and, you know, nail this. He was leading at a big, you know, advantage. If he had just, if they had just sort of said, all right, we're just going to sort of do a consistent conservative type stop. We're going to check down on first down instead of trying to go in for the home run play. Exactly. And, and maybe that maybe people are, are trying to do too much a little bit, you know, they're still not exactly have a total grasp on this. Lugnut, I mean, for those of you who listen to Stacking Pennies, Skip Flores has talked about this over and over again about how fine of a line it is for these tire changers uh, to get it exactly right and how you can uh, sort of overdo the lug nut and not be able to get it off at times too. I'm not sure that's what happened with the Eric Jones thing today, but it's it's possible. So um, there's a lot going on, but if you can sort of like, I, I, I don't know, to me, it sort of comes back to the big picture type racing um, that we, we always talk about, you know, when you take the season as a whole or the race as a whole or the championship as a whole, like, is it really necessary to do this at this moment? Obviously you always want, you know, to be fast, but if somebody's having a great day, like don't take yourself out of it. And, and that, I think that even applies to, you know, trying to run the wall early in these races or something, which sure. is high risk. And then you get into the wall and, you know, on lap 14 or whatever, you've ruined your day. You get a flat tire, you spin, you ruined your day, whatever the case may be. Um, so much happens in these races now all the time. I mean, there was eight cautions today at this Kansas race, 18 lead changes. It's, you know, back and forth. You've got to be there though. You know, you've got to be there at the end. So it, it, like, like Bubba was pleading to his pit crew when he was running top five, can you just keep sure. me in this? We have a yeah. winning car and then they have an uncontrolled tire. Yeah. Um, those are the kind of things you, you can't have it happen because you have to see what's how everybody else is going to have it play out. Stay in the game, stay in the game. Um, but it doesn't seem like enough people have been doing that lately. And obviously it's, I'm making it sound a lot easier than, than it is certainly, but man, some of these mistakes just seem like unforced errors. No, I'm looking at it and there just seems like a lot of teams right now. And I'll, I'll name the 43 team, the 99 team, the 18. Um, it's like, there's so many teams right now to look at, and I'm like, every week, it's like there's something. They're always having to come back for something. Throw the 11 in that mix. Throw the three in that mix. It's like every single week, it's like it's a degree of difficulty. It's like, oh, you know what? We're not going to have just one pit road penalty. We're going to do two this week. It's like, that's fine. It's like, I mean, Den we've talked about this. Denny Hamlin is so good this year. They have so much speed. They've been in just about every race. But every week, it's something. 
And this was just their second top 10 finish this year because of that. Kyle Busch today had to overcome a, a pit road speeding penalty that didn't need to happen. Chase and, Elliott and, was going to be leading. Uh, yeah. And then he got a penalty. Yeah. It's just every week. It's just, there's just, there are so many teams right now that just seem like every single week they're just, they're doing something to shoot themselves in the foot and they're about out of toes at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And, and if it's not, you know, if, if it's not that, then it's, you know, a driver pushing a little bit too much. Yeah. Stepping over the line just like, a little bit, which obviously it's very, it's a very, very fine line. Obviously yeah. I'm not criticizing that, but they're, they're going for it. They're trying to run the wall. They're trying to get everything they can, but uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, it, you take a guy like Suarez, right? Um, and, and we've talked about it. Like Ross Chastain's running so well. Suarez seems to start off these races with great speed. And then for whatever, now today was a flat tire. So, you know, I'm not, you know, you can't point that finger directly at the driver kind of thing, but there's been times when you could point the finger at the driver and it's a really tough look when, you know, your teammate keeps finishing well and you are fast and you can't get the finishes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's tough. And, and Tyler Reddick now again, uh, has fallen out of the playoff picture and we've, we've been high on Tyler Reddick the whole year. He's going to win. He's going to win. It's a matter of time. You should have won. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's tough, man. It's uh, you, the the opportunities dwindle. Um, it just seems like oh, it's a long season. We'll get one, but no. Ugh. If you don't take advantage of the situation, we we talked about this before. Ross won at, at Coda, and it, this applies to the eighteen. Like you've got this speed, you're showing up these races. Whether it's Fontana, whether it's Bristol Dirt, I, I'm I'm leaving other races out there as well, but. Like you show up, it's like you've got to close one of these out. You can't let these keep slipping away because you can't. You don't know if you're going to get this opportunity again. That like everything is changing, and if you don't have if the speed you have today may not be there tomorrow, and you may come to the end of the regular season and be going, man, we got no wins and we're out of the playoffs because well we could have won here, here, and here, and here, and we didn't because we screwed ourselves. Like did these catch up to you, or or even just top tens, top fives. I mean, taking yeah. what it gives you, you know points. Points yeah. could be huge. And and I'll tell you something else. Uh, to, to this point, you know, we've talked about Chevrolet has seemed to have an advantage. They'd won all these races, right? Um, and they had been hogging all the wins. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you get to this mile and a half track, which we hadn't seen really a true mile and a half in a little bit. And, uh, you know, because, I'm, again, I'm not counting Atlanta uh, among that. But so you get to this race and you look up at the standings at the end. And now a lot did happen to shake up the order, but, um, all six of the Toyotas, um, finished top 10, five out of the top six finishers today were Toyotas, um, including all four of the JGR cars. Suddenly you go, Whoa, wait a minute here. I thought Chevy had the advantage. Is Toyota making a play here for yeah. some increased strength? I mean, that's a big turnaround. And well, so now, yeah, uh-huh. I don't think this is a surprise because let's go back to the last true mile and a half racetrack we had. That was Las Vegas, right? That race, Ross Chastain was really good in a Chevrolet. Alex Bowman won in a Chevrolet. But Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. were really good in that race. Christopher Bell was really good in that race. Toyota would have finished 1-2 without a late caution there, erasing their lead. So you, you look at what we learned in Vegas and you apply it to here. Like, this, this is almost expected. So that that's important to note going forward. Like, Obviously, Toyota's got they they've kind of had to work through some things, but they've got these mile and a half racetracks figured out at least. Well, so now you know if you're a Chevy team and you thought, oh, we're one of the Chevy teams going to be winning every week, kind of thing. <laughs> that's that's kind of a gut check type situation. And I think we're going to know a lot more um, after the All Star race sure. at Texas, and then Coke Six Hundred is going to tell us a lot as well. well I say the next few weeks because you've got you've got Texas coming up, you've got the Six Hundred coming up. I would throw Gateway in that mix a little bit. We've got Nashville. It, it just seems like this next stretch of races, we're going to have a really clear idea of where everybody stacks up. Yep. And and it's it's starting to unfold that way for sure. Um, so very, very interesting. Very interesting how this season has progressed. Uh, just when you think maybe you have a little bit of a handle on it, things start to, uh, you know, you'll have a, a Kurt Busch come out of nowhere and and win. And even though, uh, yeah. you know, even though we said, Oh, it's not unexpected. I'm not sure I expected it. Well, I didn't expect it for this race in particular. Now he did have a good, you know, he, he did look good in practice. So I wish that you know, like our, the, this, uh, betting column, gambling column. <laughs> I was write. hoping you were going to mention this. 
<laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. There was a bet. There was a bet on bet MGM this week that said, um, oh, I think it was plus four fifty odds, yeah. uh, to have Kurt or Kyle win the race. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I don't think that's a good bet because if you think Kyle's going to win the race, he's plus 800. And if you think Kurt's going to win the race, he was plus 1800. So why would you take this plus 450? That just seems like a bad bet. Kurt hasn't won in a while. You know, he's not, he, he's only led, I think it was nine laps or something, uh, coming into this Mistake race prone team. Like, you know, just, they didn't look like they're on the yeah, cost. 2311. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We both just got, I, don't just blame yourself. By the way, I was even more dismissive. Like, no, there's no chance go yeah. all in on Kyle. Like there's no chance. Yeah, exactly. It, it just seemed like a bad bet, uh, or not a good value, but, um, well, shows you what we know. I don't, we uh, know nothing. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> This continues to be uh, sort of a, a mysterious season that way, but yeah, I, I don't know. I still have, you know, I, I really just, I don't have a feel right now for, you know, just we, we, even we Larson, I mean, is a great example too. We were saying, oh, uh, you know, just Larson's just, you know, he's kind of down in points and, you know, he's, he's had speed, but I don't know. Is he really going to, you know, be the favorite, you know, cause he's that's like a, the favorite every week. team too, that like doesn't execute. They, every week it's something with them. But he almost won this time. I mean, yeah, despite absolutely. hitting the wall numerous times in the race. Exactly. It's like, how hard can you mean? Like, stop hitting the wall, please. Like, you've got a fast race car. Please stop hitting the wall. But that's what, I mean, that's how, that's that's the Kyle Larson way, though, essentially. Sure. I mean, that's how he's, that's what makes him so good is he's he's able to run, run right on that line and uh, escape trouble much of the time, at least um, post-Ganassi years. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, he was, you know, you look at him today and you go, oh, wow, he's, he just looks like the Kyle Larson from last year again and, and quite competitive, but I just don't know what to make of any of this really. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we'd started to say, oh, maybe, you know, you know, Byron and, you know, Chastain are the championship type people. And I don't know, man, it's, well, they were good today though, too. Like Byron was good today. And then he had a tire issue, you know, Chastain yeah. was, Chastain was up in the top five today. I mean, Close you're, you're right. I mean, uh, Byron was winning when yeah. uh, he was leading when he had his tire problem. So, yeah. So like I, to me, like we, I feel like we kind of have an idea. Like we know it seems like the 24 and the one are going to be in the mix. The five has got the speed. The 11 has got the speed. The 18 is going to be in the mix. The 19 is going to be in the mix. And it's just kind of sorting itself out a little bit. Now I, I feel like we kind of know the players. It's just, I don't know. You just named like half the playoff field right there. Yeah. I mean, we know like (laughs) we got like six guys here, (laughs) but we kind of got the mix of like, who's going to be up there though. And so what about Blaney? What about Elliot? Blaney needs to win. Like Blaney thing to me is like that team is so up and down. Like there are parts of races. They look really good and then they fade. And then there's other races. They look, they're off and then they come back and they rally. And it's like, it's just, they need a really good beginning to end race of leading laps, winning stages. And like, okay. And Penske, Penske was just okay today. I mean, a week after winning at Darlington, Logano, you know, he was nowhere to be found today. He got up there for a little bit after he had really had some, uh, a tough start, started, had to start in the back. They made some adjustments. He got up into the top 10 for a bit, um, ends up finishing 17th. Austin Sindrick maybe was running up in the top 10, the most of the Penske cars today, perhaps. I don't know. Um, Blaney seemed to be up and down, finished 12th. So, yeah, I don't know, man. This is a, it's, it's, it's almost kind of a shame that, uh, they've got to take a, a week pause on the points race because it's getting good. It's getting kind of interesting. The playoff fun. picture, you know, it's fun. This is good. It's kind of a little bit of uncertainty. Now we get to go to our favorite racetrack, Jeff. <laughs> well, we're not going to be there. I, I mean, unless you're making some last minute trip, I'm not planning to be at Texas, but, uh, I, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this. I am sort of kind of looking forward to a race at Texas Motor Speedway. Well, I I'll, I will give you that. I'm certainly more intrigued now that the intermediates look yes. good with the next gen car. I'm Very certainly curious. intrigued to see what's going to happen there versus last year's car where you knew it was just going to be absolutely awful. Like you're like, this is going to be a terrible race. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously I don't love the format, not too, pumped about the all-star format think they could have been a lot more creative with it as we've discussed. But, um, yeah, at least, at least you're, you're not going into like next Sunday night going, Oh gosh, like at least there's hope <laughs> there's hope now. So that's, that's something. And the 600, oh. I mean the 600, they're not going to be glued to the track like they had been with the 550 package Very by true. any means. I mean, they, they could have their hands full and that's a long race if it's going to be hot or something. From- 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Day to day to night. And I will say this too. The thing we've seen about this car, it's got some reliability issues. Like, right? I mean, we've seen that. That's good. In a 600-mile race, like, this kind of could be an old-school 600-mile race. And, right? Yeah, I mean, your tires, too. Like, what are tires. the what are the teams going to do Absolutely. with their tires? Uh, if there was load issues at Kansas, there should be load issues at Charlotte, in theory, right? So, yeah, um, yeah that's a long time. And talk about not taking yourself out early for a four-hour race or whatever it's going to be. Oh. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's one where you want to be at the but, around at the end to see what happens, but it's easier said than done. This is the first Coke 600, and I don't know how long. I'm like, okay, this is. I'm not going to be screaming for that. This race is too long; it needs to be shortened. Why? It's going to be even longer than usual, probably because there's going to be might so many be cautions. Though, like if I'm actually oh. watching guys, like today, like I was watching Kyle Larson. I was like, I mean, I, I messaged you. I'm like, like watching Kyle Larson's a treat. Like you know, like if I get to watch this for 400 laps at Charlotte, 600 miles, it's like, okay, this is cool. We'll see. Now, as long as it's good racing, that's fine. But if it's just if it's if it's anything like it's been the last few years, that's a different story. But my hopes are higher that it's going to be good. This car is going to continue to deliver on these intermediate tracks. No, I I think that's totally fair. I think you're right about that. I mean, uh, the the Martinsville race um, was not that long, right? This year, and uh, you know, it was like the worst by far race of the year. Everybody couldn't wait to get it over with. But if you have a longer race. If, even if it's three and a half, four hours or whatever, and it's entertaining you the whole time and it's good racing the whole time, then you don't need it to be, you know, a, a short ad- event. You know what I'm saying? You can sit back, relax and, and sit on the edge of your seat, I guess, and enjoy it. Um, yeah. so yeah. What else, what else from Kansas jumped out at you? Just this continued evolution of who's good and who's bad. Um, the, I think it's interesting to see what's we, we talk a lot about Chevrolet. We've talked a lot about Toyota. What's going on with Ford? Like they, there's definitely a gap there where it seems like they're falling back. I know we're coming a week off of Joey Logano winning at Darlington, but it's just week in and week out. They're not there. They're not players. And that's interesting to me. What's going on there. Um, Kevin Harvick, you mentioned it earlier. Like I, I feel like we're getting to the point with Kevin Harvick, like, so I dare say it, Jeff, like, is he going to win a cup race again? No, I, th- I think that's valid. It It's kind of starting to have the Jimmy Johnson vibes a, a little, little bit, bit where you go, oh, man, is he ever going to win again? And, and I will that's, say this, it's not just him. Yeah. That organization is off, right? We can agree. Well, I don't know that it's the organization so much as what you touched on with the Ford thing. Like, it doesn't feel like, like I mean, Ford had no finishers in the top 10 today, right? Um, yeah, they had no, they, uh, Austin Sindrick, uh, in 11th was the top finishing Ford. So yeah, I mean, it seems like they're just behind overall. I, and I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it, it's not like you go in every week and you're thinking which Ford's going to win this week. Like we were saying a, a while about Chevrolet. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's 46 years old. We, we know the numbers. We know, we know the curve, right? Like, and well, Kevin I mean, is, Kurt Busch is 43. Sure. And Kurt wins once he, that's that's three years ago. That was Harvick. Harvick was fine three years ago. 46 is different. I mean, it, it, it goes quick. We know this, like it, it, it it can go. So you think it's him? You think it's him? That's the problem. (laughs) I'm going to get myself in trouble. Uh, I I just think you have to have the conversation of like, you've got a 46 year old driver and what at some point you lose it and you lose it overnight. It happens quick. We had this conversation. What is he, what is he doing? in the car that maybe is making him lose it. Maybe he's I mean, not being able to elevate that team to like they need to be. I, I don't he know. He finished 15 today. What what would he have done to elevate that into like a winning car today? There was no Fords in the top 10. How is Kevin Harvick supposed to overcome the manufacturer-wide lack of speed right now? I mean, it, it would be one thing if he was like, like let, let's talk about Jimmy, right? Remember that Darlington race where Jimmy, I think he had like one stage sure. one, and um, he seemed to have the fastest car that day, and then he just like threw it away in an ill-advised wreck kind of thing. Like that was to me like okay, you know, I, I think he's lost lost a step maybe, um, or, or lost confidence or something. But I, I'm not seeing something out of Kevin Harvick where I'm like, wow, he's he has the cars to do it, and he's just not getting it done. I, I don't see anybody really doing it like we just talked about. So okay, I'm looking I, at I'm, I feel like I feel like if he had, um, you know 
if Ford or whoever Stuart Haas was running better as a whole and he was lagging behind, then I think you could say, well, maybe he's lost something, but I'm not, I mean, it seems like he's running pretty decent overall. I mean, he's in the playoff picture on points at the moment. It's not like he's, there's a lot more, you know, qualified drivers or, or, you know, drivers who are in the playoffs have locked in who are way behind Harvick and points. So I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on that yet that he's, that he's washed up. That's all. You're going to get me in trouble. You're going to get me in trouble by saying that. Okay. Okay. That, that you can stick a fork in him like you did for Lewis Hamilton two weeks ago. Again, did he not finish behind his teammate last week? Does teammate not outpace him in qualifying and the race? I mean, this is just, it's becoming a recurring story. Anyway, Ryan Blaney, 371 laps left for Ford. Joey Logano, Ford driver, has got a win, 142 laps left. Chase Briscoe, got a win, 187 laps left. Kevin Harvick, no wins, 13 laps left. Like, I mean, again, Ford is not dominating, but there are four drivers doing there. There are four drivers out there doing things this year. Why, why is it Harvick? Okay, well, I just feel like um, I don't know. I, I can't explain that. I think a lot of those laps led though early came early in the season. Uh, Briscoe, a lot of his laps led were at the Phoenix race. I think Blaney, um, was leading laps at, at several races early on. Yep. So I can't speak to, I, I don't know all the details what's going on, but, um, I, I just think if there's no, there's no evidence to suggest that like Harvick is some sort of outlier and isn't up to, isn't capable of winning again, if his cars were capable of, I, that's that, fair. So. That, that's absolutely more than fair. I'm not saying I just, it just, it's starting to like be a seed, I guess. I'm wondering. No, I I wonder that if he's ever going to win again, but it's not necessarily because of yes. him. Does that make sense? That's fair. Because I think time is running out on his career, and if, you know, SHR or whatever as a whole doesn't get things turned around in time, the clock could expire before, you know, similar to, similar to Jimmy, I would say, right? Like, because look, you know, one year after Jimmy left... Hendrick was a, a powerhouse and uh, Larson won the, hopped in his car and won the championship in 10 races. So, um, you know, sometimes the, the clock just runs out, I, I think. But again, I'm not, we, it could get to a point where it's just like, yeah, Harvick just doesn't have it. I, I'm just personally not there yet. That's all. That's all. That's I mean, fair. can you say that about Keselowski? Brad Keselowski, he hasn't lost anything. He's still in the prime of his career. He's not running well. But no, but it's not he's him. 30, he's 10 years, young, nine years younger than, Kevin. So, and he's also with a rebuilding team that expectations are definitely muted. So we'll but see another Ford Ford. Yeah. And they, they, you know, they've, they've had, but again, there's, there's been moments this year where Ford has been okay. I uh, looking at it. Kevin Harvick's led oh, oh, the most laps he's led in a race for 11 this year. That's just, and that was at Atlanta, which is a super speedway. It's like, I don't know. The, right. the, there are some warning signs. All right. Well, we've, we've beat this one into the ground. Um, <laughs> I would like to talk about the IndyCar race. So let's wrap up NASCAR by talking about the good race poll. Another victory for you, big Joe wall. Uh, I think he said you've maybe run like one, something like four out of the last five weeks. Now you're only down by one. You got the Darlington one way closer than I did. I severely underestimated that one, but my excuse is that I didn't get to watch the race until the end. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't watch the race either, but I still nailed the pick. I don't you know. Very true. Jordan. I can't argue with you on that one at all. Um, <laughs> So anyway, uh, this one to me, uh, oh, you get to go first. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Ooh, 86%. Yeah. I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go. Oh, higher. you're going to go higher. Okay. Wow. Yes. Because I, I feel like why, why would you say this is not a good race? I, I just, wh- who, who's going to watch this race? <laughs> what? That's such a loaded question. Like there are so many asinine reasons why people vote no in this poll. Like it, a lot of times I like, there's no way someone's going to say no to this race. Well, they do. They find a way. Like, I mean, last year's Bristol race at, you know, the playoff race was, should have probably been a hundred percent. Right. If we're being honest. Like, yeah, I, I get your point. I get your point. Well, I'm just saying there's maybe not enough reason to knock it too far <laughs> down. So, you know, I think personally this deserves, this race deserved to make the 90% club. It was a good Ooh. race. And, but I, I'm not going to say that it will because of, kind of things you just talked about. So I'm, I was going to say 89, like it'll just barely miss sure. the 90% club. Um, you know what? I'll, I will say 89.5. How about that? Wow. Look at you getting cute this week. 
89.5. Barely missed good. out on the 90% club, even though it deserves to be in there. All so. right. Very good. That's a good pick. Okay. Um, so. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Should we talk about IndyCar? Let's do it. That was a hell of a race. Like, that was a wild race. (laughs) I tell you what, man. Talk about... um, I think there was two instances this weekend of very professional driving. That was a very challenging race for those IndyCar guys. Repeatedly, numerous drivers got out, said that was like the toughest conditions they'd ever seen. Um, another parallel, you had Colton Herta with an unbelievable, epic all-time save. Kyle Larson saved today, even though the wall helped him. I got all these people saying, the wall helped him. The wall helped him. Like, okay, yeah. Stop it helped whining. him a little bit. He still, yeah. he still saved it. Okay, like he still, it was an incredible save. The wall didn't just save it for him. He still had to save the car. Ugh. Anyway, um, Colton Herta didn't have the wall, and that was unbelievable save. Uh, but those guys, I mean, racing in the in the conditions they had to race in, in the rain, uh, so much stuff happening. And even, especially when they when they got the race back to green, and that, the spray was insane. Like it was like 10, 12 cars disappeared into the spray down the front stretch. And they're all trying to find their marks and make that turn into turn one, which is tricky, you know, to get on the brakes in time and, and, and make that corner, even when it's dry. Um, it's really entertaining, interesting race, the strategy, when to take slicks, when to take wet tires. I mean, Connor Daly finishing fifth, it was just a lot going on and really, uh, shook up the championship picture too, because some of the top contenders, uh, really had trouble. Yeah. We, I've been very critical of Colton Herter last few weeks got to praise him that was a terrific drive a brilliant patient smart drive in conditions that were not easy and we saw assorted guys make many mistakes and he did not he drove brilliantly and that was i don't know his best win like his most impressive win that was really well done i mean there's that one moment where he was the first driver to put on slicks after they had a wet start and there was barely a dry line. He came in first and they were showing his in-car camera and he is like barely keeping that car from spinning out like for 30, 40 seconds. I mean, his hands are all over yeah. the place holding on to that thing. And, but it, it worked. I mean, he was, he warmed up his tires faster. He got the dry line faster and it, it allowed him to take the lead. Um, just, I mean, if you want the resume of, why Colton Herta is so exactly. I mean, that, that, just put on that tape, that race, exactly. that, that is it right there. Um, so super impressive. That, that was, uh, he that needed was that. he did, he did for sure. And, uh, I honestly think IndyCar, uh, needed a nice race like that too, in terms of like, Hey, remember us? Like, yeah. you know, F1 has gotten a lot of hype in this country lately. Um, NASCAR continues to get a ton of attention and IndyCar, you know, as I think it's great racing and I love the personalities there and stuff, but it, it can tend to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And when you have a race where, you know, you say, look at this save by this guy and look at these conditions and look at what these drivers did. Um, I'm not saying it gets like mainstream attention. It's not going to make sports center perhaps, but um, you know, that's it, important. Like, wow. And especially going into the Indy 500, they've got Indy 500 qualifying next week. Um, and then, you know, the Indy 500 two weeks from, from today. Wow. Um, you know, that's going to be, uh, I think it's big for them and the Indy 500 is going to shake things up. It's going to be double points. Now the championship picture is super close really between the top 10. I think there's like 
only 60 points or something separating the whole top 10 in, in the standings. So um, a lot to be decided there and a lot of, you know, contenders that, that can jump up and do something. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens uh, with IndyCar um, this month. Uh, I'm going to be there at the Indy 500. It'd be fascinating to see, you know, who can step up there. And um, yeah, it's, that's going to be really interesting that, you know, I, I like, as I've talked about before, I, I think the best, you know, racing is at its best in general when you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to win. Um, you don't know who's going to win the championship, the races, whatever. And uh, it's nice to see both series right now having that a little bit, um, both of the major American series. So kudos I think you to make a really, No, I think you make a good point. I'm like, IndyCar kind of needed this. Like, they just kind of had been the little, been in the shadow. And they needed a race like this to really to exhibit their driver's ability. And to see these guys race in conditions like this and put on a good show, it was this was good. This was a nice reminder that this there's another open wheel series uh, that is competing and here in North America, and they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, any final thoughts uh, that you want to talk about before we move on here? All star race. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if. Um, we might as well just save all our all-star thoughts for next week, unless you want to talk about some now. I uh, got, yeah. we'll save it for next. Week. I'm, I'm like I said earlier, I'm cautiously optimistic about what's going to happen at Texas. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm not, I'm not as uh, pessimistic as about it as I was. I'm certainly not like going in like how I was going into Bristol dirt with the sense of absolute dread. Oh, you didn't um, like Bristol dirt. Okay. I, I didn't um, realize that. I didn't know that. I, I'm sorry. I, I was mistaken. I thought you liked that race. By the way, um, a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just, yeah, I'll just miss that. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, listen, we appreciate, uh, all of you as listening for, for listening as always. And, uh, we appreciate all the feedback. Um, well, most of the feedback, I won't say we appreciate all the feedback. There's been some, some comments on the, uh, when I go to, unfortunately look at the comments, um, every couple months, uh, on Apple podcasts. Sometimes it's like, why did I do this to myself? Why, why did I come here to look at this? Um, so if anybody actually does like the podcast and wants to leave a rating and review for us, do you need a hug? Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes I, like I do. Oh man. Lately. There like, was this Reddit just absolutely killed me last week after our podcast. Reddit picked up, um, the podcast comments about the media access and stuff and uh you know the nice listener that we had whoever paraphrased it and um i you know paraphrase it in in a fine way but it just it wasn't the full context as as if you would get by listening to the podcast perhaps um and you know the people that don't listen to the podcast just teed off on uh, me being the ultimate whiner stuff like that it's just like Oh my gosh. Why did I open my mouth? Why did I even say anything? Uh, Jeff, why did, just you know, know yeah. you're special I'm, and you're important. Well, special is one, one and you right. matter and we okay. all love you. Okay. We may get frustrated with not you every, no, not all love me. Trust me. We Trust love me. you. Uh huh. Okay. So I'm going right. to give you a big virtual hug right now. Okay. Thanks Jordan. That's it. It sounds like you might be battling a cold, so I don't want the virtual hug. I, my my <laughs> children just got over. I am cold, sick. So. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's not do the hug. Anyway, everybody, uh, we'll send a hug to you. Everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on The Teardown.